The Swain Event Podcast is driven by Beatty Chevrolet. For your new and pre-owned vehicle shopping needs, visit BeattyChevrolet.com. Deep down the middle, has got his man, and he's gone. Jason Swain, touchdown. It's time for the Swain Event with your host, Jason Swain. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whoop him. It's time for the Swain Event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Give it to his house and a red flag. Greetings, greetings, holiday greetings. How are you? Um, I felt better. <laughs> Why? Because you stopped by and saw me last night. Nah, I was feel I was starting to feel I was starting to go downhill right before um, I came by. Um, oh, so so you, 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 let me get this straight. You started to go downhill. Mm. Started to feel bad. And then decided to stop by my house. Yeah, I got worse. I got worse after I left. <laughs> well, yeah, I good. I uh, I instructed Judge to infect you while you were here uh, as, as revenge for Jennifer Morris is finally getting me out of this this house that we are in. That it took you two and a half years to drive all the way out here, right. South Knoxville, and and see us. So as payback for for not coming and visiting and being a bad friend, I I instructed Judge to infect you. Yeah, you're right. It's 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 all the way out there. That's for sure. No, I um, it didn't really hit me hit me until about three o'clock this morning. So uh, I had like a little sniffle, but that's because it was cold. But this morning, about three o'clock, I I got up. I've been up since, man, and um. I felt I felt better, but here we are, man. We got a lot to discuss today. Uh, I'm over here sweating, nose running like little Mart, little Marty Mar from Martin, little kid. He's come by Martin's house, always trying to sell stuff. But it's all good. You know why? Because here at the Swain event, both the the Swain event crew, whether it's been Seth Stokes, Daniel Lewis, Jason Swain, Ben McKee. Brad Matthews, we get it out the mud, Swain. And the Swain event listeners do as well. We, we get it out the mud. Nothing is given to us like these kids in the transfer portal. We, we we work for what we get. We don't take any day for granted. We're happy to wake up and, and do the work because the work just works. That It's it's as simple as that. It's a process. And, and here at the Swain event, whether it be the Swain event crew or the Swain event family, through the listeners, we get it out the mud, and we're happy to get it out the mud. Did you mention everybody? Yes. Are you sure? I think so. Okay. Well, I trust you. So you mentioned everybody then. I believe you. 865-255-03. The Betty Chevrolet text box. Right there in your free sweat event app, you can Throw us questions, comments. The conversation right now involves nations about recruiting. It ain't about basketball, even though they had a really good game versus NC State there in the second half. Zakai Ziegler announcing that he's back with his play, 39 minutes played out of 40. Josiah Jordan James is now the most consistent player on this Tennessee basketball team. Um, 
and he's playing lights out right now for Tennessee, but that's not the biggest conversation right now. The conversation is about Tennessee football recruiting. Tennessee football is the front porch of the university. We all know that. We all understand that. In order to be good at Tennessee with Tennessee football, you kind of need good players. You need good players to be good in football. And Tennessee has lost some good players. Tennessee lost players from an 8-4 and four team. And if you're looking to upgrade and take an extra step, do you want to be just an 8-9 win team? Is that the label that you want? Or do you want to take the next step? Well, if you want to do that, then two thing, either one or two things will have to happen. And honestly, you, you can say both. Coaching has to be better. Players have to be better. That's, that's it. There's no secret magic formula. There's no reason to look around and, I don't know. I don't know. No, that's that's the answer. Coach better, get better players that play better. That's what you have to do. And Tennessee's lost some players, and the object is to replace those players with a better combination of players mix them with the current players that you have coming back and then unleash your once in a lifetime talent in Nico Iamaleva that's 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 what you do and um you pray for health pray to be lucky there but then you go out, you coach as hard as you can, and you try to execute. But you got to get better players. And Tennessee has gotten some additions from the portal. Ben, Tennessee is looking really soon to add more players, either from high school or from the portal, or both. It's going to be both probably. So, um, man, how you how you feeling, man? Um, sometimes the message boards and Twitter does not represent the entire fan base, but you hear people's opinions on those platforms. Yeah, I feel good uh, with it being December nineteenth. We're officially under two two months away from first pitch. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, I, I I feel good. I, I to me, it's a uh, it's a two pronged question or not question, but conversation. Generally speaking, I think Tennessee is recruiting well. I, I think they are doing a good job when you look at the schools that they are legitimately beating out on the recruiting trail. I know this sounds weird because I work for a recruiting service, but I put more stock in who Tennessee is beating out for a certain player more than I do the rankings. Not that the rankings just are completely irrelevant because I, I do think, especially I'll just speak for us at 24 seven sports. I know we put a lot of resources and a lot of time into to ranking players. Uh, we're not just ranking players based off of who shows up to our camp here and there, mm. like others have done mm. in the past. We've talked about that. 
for longtime Swain Event listeners. We talked about that with Trey Smith back in the day. What was he ranked number one in the country by one service and like number four in the state of Tennessee by another service? And and that was because he did not attend uh, their camp. So I, I don't want to completely dismiss the recruiting rankings. They they do matter, and, and I think the uh, the top two publications right now do do as well of a job as they can, but they're also not college football coaches at the end of the day. So I, I do put more stock in what the college coaches think of them. What schools is Tennessee legitimately beating out? Uh, there are some players there at the end of the Butch Jones era where the the headline may have read, X player commits to Tennessee over Auburn, LSU, and such and such, but Auburn and LSU and such and such didn't really want that player. And, and I don't think that's been the case with with some of the players that, that Tennessee is is picking up um, on the recruiting ranks. I, I kind of went into detail with that, uh, with, with their offensive line group a couple of months ago, I guess, at this point. Um, but I, I think they're recruiting well. So I, I think that's first things first. And the reason I say that is because I, I do think there's there's a, a little bit of a freak out mode that doesn't need to happen. I feel like there's a little bit of an exaggeration happening in terms of the, the hitting the panic button with how Tennessee is recruiting. And, and I think it's a little exaggerated and I simply put think Tennessee is recruiting well, but the other side to that, the, the second part of that, and you hit the nail on the head and you and I kind of talked about it amongst ourselves last night when you stopped by is like, okay, Tennessee is recruiting well, they're, they're doing a good job, but in today's day and age of college football, good enough is not good enough. Doing well isn't good enough to beat the teams that you're going to have to beat in the SEC. And uh, if this staff wants to consistently compete for championships and consistently flirt with that 10-win mark and flirt with the college football playoffs and, and go into Atlanta for the SEC championship game, then they're going to have to turn their recruiting up a notch because what they're doing now isn't bad per se, but it's also not good enough. If they want to compete for championships, they have to turn it up a notch on the recruiting trail. Uh, I, I think both things are, are true at the same time. About probably about seven years ago, uh, I was looking for a new car and I came across one on eBay. And there's a private seller, and the private seller lived in um, where's where's FAU? What city is FAU? It? Is in Boca Raton. Boca Raton. That's where that's where the private seller lived. And I really wanted this car. It's my it's my dream car. And um, so we negotiated the deal. Buy the car. I'll take a one way down to Florida, to Fort Lauderdale. It's funny because on my flight was uh was Marquez North, <laughs> so I got a chance to chop it up and, and and talk. But I get to Fort Lauderdale, I get the car, and you know my sister in law lives in lives in Orlando, and so I forgot how much gas I had in the car. But I'm driving, and it's the evening. And I remember training for the combine. I was living in Naples for 
about a month and a half or so. And I remember Alligator Alley and, and all those those highways where, like, I'm used to driving to Atlanta, driving to Huntsville, and there's there's gas stations off of every exit. They ain't there. So if you don't make this exit, oh, you make the next exit. You're good. And I was just feeling great, man. I was feeling like $100, a million dollars in a new ride. I was like, yeah, man, got this new ride. And there's a sign that says, last exit for gas for 40-something miles, 30-something miles, something like that. And I, I wasn't even paying attention to my gas meter at all. <laughs> but I remember the light came on and I was like, Oh snap. And there was no lights. There was no exits, nothing for a while. And I was like, man, I, if I run out of gas, I'm going to be in trouble. Cause it's dark, dark. There's no exits. It's going to be a problem. But I didn't really freak out and panic until I was like low, low. I mean, low to the ground, low. My panic level was at like a 10. But I finally found an exit and got off and got some gas and it was all good. But the story, the moral of the story is I think people are freaking out too early. I think you, you, you're freaking out with a half a tank of gas. It is December the 19th. The portal just opened up. You're going to have players into the portal after the bowl game. There was another player, a couple of players yesterday that jumped into the portal. USC, one of a former five-star corner. So like players are jumping in. Oh, I know what you're talking. I know what you're thinking. There's a, there's a, there's players jumping in. Seem like every single day. So it's early. Now, early signing period is tomorrow. Tennessee's class is pretty much, you know, done from a high school standpoint. Um, but the portal, that is going to be a process. It's not over right now. Now, here's me being honest and transparent. I have looked at what some of the other schools have done, some of the moves that they've made. And I've said to myself, dang, I I wanna do that. <laughs> um can can we do that? I I know that player's good. I I want good players. And the, the issue is like we don't watch all these players that hit the portal. Like we've seen some of them. Like some of y'all was drooling over a player. Just because he made plays on our defense. Like, okay, who who did make plays on our defense? And that player... The, the same defense that everybody wants the, the secondary to be completely changed. Yeah, and the coordinator. They want everybody to go except for Rodney Garner <laughs> and, 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 you know, Brian Jean-Marie. So, like, that player just committed to NC State. Okay? If he was as good as... Not that NC State is a, a bad program under Dave Dorn, but if uh, if if 
Well, we're talking about the UConn tight end, obviously, Justin Jolly. If if he was as jolly of a player as everybody made him out to be, and not that he's a bad player whatsoever, but uh, you, you would think that he would have ended up elsewhere other than NC State if, if he was as good as Twitter or the message boards would have made him out to be. Yeah, so that, so there's players that that we have seen that we've seen make plays against us and make plays against other teams, and we say, okay, we want that player. We know he's good. We know he's an upgrade because we've seen him. There's other players that's in the portal we haven't seen before. And then our coaching staff have watched film on, and they've determined whether or not they can help. Um, in that instance, you have to trust that they are putting their livelihoods, careers on the line by bringing in players that either is going to help them or hurt them. This staff's entering year four after this season. Year four. Like growing up, Ben, your parents would ask you, how you doing in school? How you doing in this class? And you say, oh, I'm, fine. I'm fine. And they wouldn't know unless they called up to the school and talked to your teacher. They wouldn't know unless you brought back graded papers, things like that. Oh, did you do your homework? Yeah, I did my homework. I did my homework. Uh-huh. Well, I did my homework. Nowadays, they've got the... I'm sure you know this with 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 your oldest. Well, they, they've got the portal to, oh, to where you can check oh, yeah, to now. see if they turned in their homework or not. Yeah, now I'm talking about then. Well, I, I kind of started coming up in that era, so I, uh, I would get same the, for you then. This for some. I would listeners. get the text messages. Why did you not turn in this assignment on Tuesday? Yeah, this is for this is from for some of our other listeners that uh, didn't grow up in that age of technology where parents could check on grades every single assignment. You would tell your parents, oh, yeah, I did that homework. Oh, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. And you can do that for about two or three weeks until that mid-semester report card came home. And let's say you didn't get that. Let's say you just got the six-week report card. You can BS. You can say, oh, everything is good. You can say, yeah, I'm doing great in that class. I'm turning in all my assignments. I'm studying hard. Cool. But one thing you can't lie about is when that report card come home. <laughs> that is proof of whether you was putting in work or not. And the report card for college football teams and staffs, it's Saturdays. So we can look at the recruiting rankings and go, oh, yeah, they're doing a good job here, or they're not doing a good job here, or this player's, you know, he, he's overhyped. Or, hey, man, you know, how, you, know, you know how you recruiting services like to say this? Man, he's really underrated. <laughs> he's underrated. He's being slept on. He's a late developer. Like, we can, we can throw out all the adjectives. We can use all the words. We can do the word gymnastics like – like we are Olympian. Like we can do all that stuff. But here's what I know. On Saturdays, their report card is coming. And all that stuff that was talked about in the offseason about, oh, this player is good, this player is better than the rankings, or this player is just as good as the rankings, all that stuff don't even matter. All we know is this dude got beat in coverage by this dude on Saturdays. This dude blocked the hell out of this dude. 
This dude blew up this dude and made the play. That's the report card. That's what's going to tell on yourself at the end of the day. So I don't know if this this player from this school is great. If I haven't watched him, I haven't watched their season. I have to trust that Josh Heupel and company entering their fourth year understands that what we've been doing is not good enough. And what we need to do is turning up a notch and you have all the resources you need to be successful that you're going to go out there and do that freaking out now and, and going overboard and panicking with half of the gas tank full. Why? I'm not wasting that energy. I'm sitting back going, Oh, okay. Let's, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Okay, you, you got you got uh, stays tight in from Notre Dame. He 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 looks like a good old player. He looks like a good player right there, man. And I know one thing: Notre Dame produces the best tight ends. They might be tight in you. <laughs> They're tight in you. In Iowa. Exactly. That's one thing I know about Notre Dame. They put out some tight ends. Yeah, and, and like I, I there, there are certain positions that you can look at and and kind of wonder, okay, well, where's the firepower at that position? Like right now, I think it's kind of weird. Like Rodney Garner's defensive line class kind of leaves a lot to be desired. And, and maybe that's because they do have a lot of veterans coming back. Maybe that's why they haven't hit the, the high school ranks super hard. Uh, they, they, they're bringing in a, a Juco defensive lineman that committed over the weekend yep. that, that kind of came up out of nowhere and, and late in the process. Uh, so that, that does leave a lot to be desired there. Um, but also on, on the other hand, like how, how do you, how do you not defer to Rodney Garner? How, how do you not allow Rodney Garner to, to get the final say, obviously he does get the final say, but how, how do you not have trust in him to to bring in the players that, that he thinks can can play at this level? If we want to talk about, okay, why is Rodney Gardner not bringing in the elite five stars of the world like he like he was at at Auburn and, and at Georgia back in the day? Then okay, that's a that's a fair question. But even with with some of the the underrated prospects, if you want to call them that. Uh, the 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 prospects that do not meet the the qualities of of the stargazers out there, like I, I don't I don't understand how you would trust a a ranking on a recruiting service more than Rodney Garner when Rodney Garner is one of the best defensive line coaches the SEC has ever seen, and uh, I mean you you mentioned Holden stays, I mean I'm sure NIL played a, a big role in in him getting to Tennessee but NIL or not like Tennessee had to fend off Georgia for his services. He decided not to visit Georgia and commit to Tennessee. And, and look, I'm sure part of that was NIL and seeing a wide open starting spot at, at Tennessee and playing in the SEC still closer to home and Georgia has Oscar Delp, but they also have Carson Beck coming back and I know Tennessee will have Nico but Carson Beck's going to be a, whether he should be or not, he's going to be a Heisman favorite in, in the preseason, uh, a contender to win the Heisman. So, like, that's a nice recruiting win is my point. That's one win. And, uh, that's, not, that's not enough. You know that. No, but it, there's that's not the only example. There are other examples. Like, uh, there, there's a young man, Jamond 
Gordon, the Oregon State corner, Tennessee seems to be in a really good spot for him. Uh, and, and he's probably going to announce in, in the next day or so. And it, and if he does pick Tennessee, that that's a, a freshman corner who played really well at Oregon State in a league that had several top quarterbacks mm-hmm. this past season, played on a good football team, played well as a true freshman, has three years of experience remaining, is from the state of Texas, just kind of fell through the crack in the state of Texas coming out of high school. And Texas... And Texas A&M legitimately want him. And Tennessee is in a really, really good spot, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So that would be a huge recruiting win to land that talented of a corner with that many years remaining. Not a one-year test with him or a one-year go at it. One-year rental is the word that I was looking for. Like He's somebody that's going to be in your program for multiple years. He's from the state of Texas, and he could be picking Tennessee over the in-state schools, who one of them is about to play for a national championship, and the other one just hired a defensive-minded head coach and is kind of the new flavor of the month with Mike Elko, and we all know about A&M's NIL resources. So like to diminish and, and say that Tennessee isn't recruiting well, I, I, I just think is an over exaggeration. Are, are they recruiting at the level of Alabama, Georgia, LSU? No, that's a separate conversation. But to act like Tennessee is not doing anything on the recruiting trail, I, I think is completely misguided. I, I actually think that they're doing good work. On I don't the think people. I don't think trail. people feel that way. Ben. I don't think people feel like they're not doing it, well. I think people understand that that's not good enough. And it's not good enough right now, right. but they're not get, but they're not understanding that this is a marathon. Like the portal doesn't close tomorrow. Like the the portal has different times when it's going to be open. There's there's going to be more guys hit the portal after the season. There's going to be more guys hit the portal after spring. And so it's not even it's not even 2024 yet. <laughs> like we a couple of days away from 2024. Um, my what I want to encourage people to do is to just slow play your your conclusions a little bit. Like, don't come to a conclusion before the year 2023 is completed. Like, it's obvious that Tennessee is taking their time. Like, I saw some tweet that I was involved in it says something like Tennessee's NIL trying to imply that like, like they're not doing anything. Guys, we got money, okay? We have an NIL that it's not the problem. The, the NIL at Tennessee is not the problem, okay? This staff is obviously taking their time, and they're not going to overpay for guys with football character issues with only one year, they just not going to do it. They're not going to risk yeah. the culture. And I don't blame them because this, this football program in the last 12 months has to have the leadership that they need to have. If they did, they wouldn't win eight and four. So you got to mm-hmm. be careful about the type of players you bring into your program. Simple yep. and point blank. I wanted to uh, elaborate on the Ole Miss situation. I I think that you were alluding to that a little earlier. Ole Miss has done a great job 
in the transfer portal. There's no bones about that. They they have done an, a terrific job, and, and they have just loaded up on talent to to add to a core, a really good core that they have coming back next season. And and Ole Miss, well, it's weird now because the West is going away. But if if the West still existed, I mean, they I feel like they they would have been legit contenders in the West, and uh, they, they are going to be one of the, the better teams in, in the SEC. Now, I believe Lane Kiffin beats Alabama and, and beats Georgia to, to win a championship when I see it, but they have done a great job of stockpiling talent through the portal. But, to your point, and I feel like this is where you were going earlier, all the talent that they that they have brought in, at least most of it, the big names, they still have question marks next to their names. The Juice Wells, the Walter Nolans, the 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 Princely kid from Florida, and 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 some other guys that they brought in. They're they're not sure things. And like I think Ole Miss is gonna be really good next year, but they're they're putting a lot of question marks together on that roster, and there there are no guarantees. That that it just clicks like everybody is just automatically assuming because Lane Kiff is, is self proclaimed portal king and 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 this and that. So I, I I know that they're kind of the hot thing and, and the flashy thing and Colorado is right right now as well. And I'm not saying that Tennessee shouldn't desire those, those top end talents in the portal, but from a roster construction standpoint, Swain. I don't want to have to do what Ole Miss is doing and what Colorado is doing and on a much smaller scale, what Vanderbilt is doing, reloading it, its its roster with, with a bunch of guys through the portal. And Vanderbilt's actually picked up some nice commitments in the portal, but still not on the level of an Ole Miss or, or Colorado. Uh, that, that to me, is, is not a winning recipe for a championship. I, I still firmly believe that to win a championship you have to your the foundation of your roster the majority of your roster has to be built through the high school ranks and then you fill in here and there on a year-to-year basis based off of what you need each offseason through the portal that's how you properly use the portal and so like Ole Miss should be really good next year but there's no guarantee that all these pieces that have question marks are just going to automatically click like a lot of people are thinking that they're going to 865-255-03. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. 865-255-03. We'll go to the Beatty Chevrolet text box when we come back. Stay with us. Hey, Knoxville, we all know the importance of mental health. Most people don't have regular mental health care. They often wait. Let's change that. Isn't it time we all consider our mental health as important as our physical health? If you are ready, Mind Body Wellness in Knoxville can help you design a plan for your mental wellness. We are accessible, affordable, and available. You are worth it. Visit MindBodyKnoxville.com to schedule a mental wellness assessment today. 
When you are craving some quality barbecue, there's only one place to go, Dead End Barbecue. Dead End Barbecue has been featured on ESPN's Taste of the Town, the first barbecue restaurant on the SEC Network, CBS Sports, Headline News Tailgate Show, Amazon Prime's The Restaurant Comeback, Food Paradise, and named one of the top 100 barbecue restaurants in America. The search is over. Dead End Barbecue is located on 3621 Sutherland Avenue right here in Knoxville. You can even have it delivered right to your door through Chow Now. Visit their website at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Hey, Vol Nation. This is Charlie Pratt, financial representative with Modern Woodman and MWA Financial Services. Modern Woodman has been touching lives and securing futures for 140 years. Being born and raised here in East Tennessee, I'm honored to help East Tennesseans in all phases of life with retirement planning, investments, and life insurance. A big win on Saturday starts with preparation early in the week. A secure financial future starts with planning today. Contact my office today at 865-919-6468 to review your financial plan and make sure you are on track for success. As always, go Vols. Registered representative and investment advisor representative offering securities and advisory services through NWA Financial Services, Inc., a wholly owned subsidiary of Modern Woodman of America, member of INCRA, SIPC. Good morning, Swain Event family. Take a deep breath in and release. We're all back together in the AM and life is good. If you have real estate needs, just give me a call, Jennifer Morris at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com and go Vols. Just because you can't call in doesn't mean that you have to sit on the sideline. Impact the show with a text box. It's part of the free Swain Event app. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Big thanks to everyone joining us on this fine, fine Tuesday. Let's get to the phones this morning. Let's bring in Turkey Man. All right, Turkey Man. It's all you. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. First of all, uh, I wish both of you guys a uh, Merry Christmas and hope you and your family doing well in the holiday time and season. And, and uh, But, you know, I was thinking, Swain and Ben, uh, how times has changed. Uh, next, uh, in the morning, we'd be, uh, we'd be rolling in at uh, Dead End Barbecue at uh, 4 Daylight. And uh, we'd all be getting our seats. We'd be looking at TV. We'd be figuring out what the recruits are going to, uh, what we're going to get, what we ain't going to get. Uh, but that's different. I and miss it, Turkey Man, for for multiple reasons. Those uh, signing day events at, at Dead End, some of my favorite Swain event memories. It's just absolutely, it was yesterday, it seemed like. It was just yesterday. In fact, some of these, because of COVID, some of these uh, uh, players that we're speaking of, uh, we probably got in on the tail end of their, uh, them coming, you know, recruiting, uh, uh, at coming in as a freshman. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm looking at at, uh, at Florida. I know we're talking Tennessee, but we're talking NLL. You talked about two two coaches. You talked about Lane Kevin. And you also talked about uh, uh, 
neon uh, uh, standard. Uh, if if either one of those uh, decided that they would go to Florida with this this what's going on now, how much damage would they do in the state of Florida? And I think about you know how we look at okay recruiting and building building a, a program through that. But it appears that about the time you get uh, them built up, that the way the situation is, you could lose them quickly, as we see uh, it happening to us. I never did believe that I would see a four-year starter uh, leave and go leave Tennessee, not go pro, but go go to another school uh, with one more year to play. And um, it's things that old man like me is having a hard time with, but. I'm going to get off and listen to you guys, but what would you think, Lane Kiffin or or uh, Neon Neon Sanders would do at uh, Florida under the situation going on right now? See you guys. Uh, you know, you know, you know what Dion want to be called? It's Prime. It's Dion Sanders, but Dion Neon, I guess, was part of a nickname back in the day. Would Dion scare you if he got the Florida job next year? If uh, uh, if he had yeah. a good year at Colorado and Billy yeah. Napier does not have a good year at Florida and Napier gets fired and Dion gets that Florida job, would, would that scare you? Why wouldn't it? And I, I'd say that in the sense of I would assume Dion would, would have an exceptional ability to uh, accumulate talent there in the swamp. Yeah, why, would, why wouldn't it scare you? Well, I was just making sure we we're on the same page. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I don't think that would be a good thing for Tennessee. You got Jordan Seaton in Colorado. Yeah, Jordan Seaton also seems like an odd cat. Yeah, but there's a lot of odd cats that play in Tennessee that will play at Tennessee. And like you, but yeah, I'm odd but talented. That that's the name <laughs> of the game. You know, I get a bunch of dudes on one team with different personalities and uh, play together and play to win. So you going? I gonna, give it to you. You you were no Robert Meacham or Brett Smith, but you you did have your your great moments for sure. That's right. That's right. I appreciate it. <laughs> you, you're I'm welcome. Not, I'm not gonna take it as I'm not gonna take it as a dig. I Man, think it's a you know you know I'm messing with you. Y- y'all three, y'all y'all were my. I tell you all the time. It, it's funny. Uh, you all were my favorite players just i don't know i've always the receiver exactly. position has always been my favorite position in football i, I don't really know why but um so when, 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 when i was a a kid and playing ncaa football i always loved throwing the number three and number one and number nine and i was the like, kevin simon and i uh did the nfl report with john wilkerson on 99.1 a couple of weeks ago and i was telling him that and, and for silly kid reasons like as a kid, I I loved Kevin Simon and Gerard Mayo and Kevin Burnett and and Rico McCoy because at one point or another during their career they wore single digits and I thought as a kid linebackers that big rocking single digits I, I thought that was the coolest thing ever as a kid so uh it, it was funny to do uh, radio with K Simon who I got to meet for the for the first time in person and great dude what a goober you're a goober. <laughs> What a you like players just because they got single we, we we know that you grew up obsessing over David Pollock and and the DJ Stokely or whatever his name is. I'm, I'm blanking on DJ Shockley. Uh, oh, you you love Desmond Howard at, at Michigan. 
striking the Heisman pose and and cool. Charles Woodson. That's why you considered Michigan out of high school. Yeah, yeah, Michigan's cool. Yeah, big, big, big Michigan fan. I'll be rooting for him this college football playoff. <laughs> You've always loved John Harbaugh or Jim Harbaugh, whichever one he is. I love them both. Yeah, love them both. I I do not love them both. Oh man, listen. Let me hit this text box up, man. It's got some good stuff here. <laughs> All right, enough Gooper Ben. <laughs> Neil Mafia has diagnosed me with a bunch of stuff I ain't never heard of before. I'm about to block Brian Hunsucker from the text box after his most recent message. <laughs> Chip Payne's this way. You better <laughs> get you some tussing. Oh, I already. Took a little shot to the head about 3, 3 a.m. this morning. I guess it ain't worked. Uh, no, I feel a little better. I do. <clears throat> Hunsucker says today Tennessee will get a player. And then soon after, another player. Tomorrow they'll get another player. Magically become a better player overnight. Because 247 ranks him a four-star now. And don't be surprised if we flip the Kentucky tight end. I don't know, man. I think old Jordan Dingles going back to Kentucky. I, I think that's no. He's he's not referencing uh, Jordan Dingle. He's talking about somebody uh, that, else. He, he he's talking about a high school kid um, from uh, Ohio, if I'm not mistaken. What about I'm the kid from California that's committing tomorrow? I think uh, they're, they're Cole the Harrison. Yes, I I really like where Tennessee is at with Cole Harrison, uh, but I also think in addition. Uh, to Harrison uh, Rodriguez, the, the tight end commit for Kentucky. I think Tennessee's still going. If they can secure Cole Harrison from Cali, I, I think they're going to continue to try and flip the Kentucky committed tight end, um, the the high school one, not not Jordan Dingle. Uh, you, you, Jordan Dingle did decide to, to stay at Kentucky. And, of course, Vince Merrill cannot stop tweeting about Tennessee. Uh, on, on his Twitter account, that that I don't know why he hasn't realized at this point that that never works out in a favorable manner for him. Uh, but cool not Jordan Dingle, their their high school tight end that that is committed. Like <laughs> Coach Morrow, man, is great for Kentucky. Those Kentucky fans love him. I'm sure those players love him. But he is such a cornball on Twitter. With some of the stuff that he says. Willie Rodriguez uh, from uh, Alexandria, Kentucky, is uh, the the tight end commit that Brian Hunsucker was was referencing. So Tennessee is trying to to bring in two high school tight ends in addition to Holden Stays after Jonathan Eccles decided to flip from Tennessee to USF. Um. Amazing Vol says, uh, with old DBs out and young athletic DBs in, do y'all think we change our defensive scheme? Not run so much soft cover three. Um, I, I think we'll play more aggressive. I do. I think your game plan is dictated by your personnel. We saw the game plan on offense change this past year. We saw how it looked different when the personnel changed defensively. You can say the same thing. So as we get more guys that can cover on the outside, that can run, who cover more space, then I think we'll see some changes in our scheme defensively. 
Chip Arm Vall says, I am normally okay with bad texts on the internet, but people trashing NIL Collective um, because they don't like Hypo's process is next level stupid. It's self-defeating and serves no purpose. Not that that's true, but if you think we lack NIL funds, then why is your solution to counsel and ask others to counsel? Why make up lies and discourage membership? Guys, that's that's the worst thing you could do. Is we haven't finished the 2023 season. We have picked and chosen the players that we want to pay to return and come back. And they pay pretty good. We have a nice recruiting class. You have secured one of the best quarterback talents that Tennessee's had in a very, very long time. Before, I, I might add, before all this crazy stuff with quarterbacks started happening. Like, Tennessee was ahead of the game. These numbers that you hear Matt Rule talking about out in the open now, Tennessee secured Nico. Before all that, I'm not going to sit here and blatantly lie and go, everything's great or everything's bad or that's not the problem or this is the problem. Like, I'm not going to do that. I just won't say anything. But I ain't going to lie. Tennessee's NIL is not an issue. Period. Point blank. It is not an issue, folks. Tennessee is being selective on how it applies NIL to players, both current players that are threatening to enter the portal, portal targets from other schools, high school kids that they are being, they're being more selective than other schools quite frankly, with its NIL money. Like, Tennessee is set up just about as well as anybody in the country. I I don't want to make it seem like like Tennessee has A&M or Texas's situation going on or or maybe in Oregon's. Well, hold on. Let me stop you. There's there's the amount of funds, then there's the organization of the collective. You can have a bunch of money. But if it's not organized, then it don't matter. Like, look at what's going on in Texas A&M. Yeah, they had the best class ever, but, like, none of the stuff was organized. That's a good point. No results on the football field. It don't don't matter. So, like, you have organization here at Tennessee with Spire. Like, it's well ran. It's, It's well thought out. So, just because Tennessee didn't go crush the transfer portal December the 19th is ranked number one in the country in the portal rankings. Does it mean that drastically saying something or doing something is the answer? I'm going to be with you in saying we have to be better. We have to recruit better, but guys, it's way too early to be freaking out. And if anybody's, on radio or podcast doing that, they playing you. You getting played. Drink your coffee, Ben. I don't listen to nobody else, so I don't know. But it, it stuff got to be coming from somewhere. 
I've been doing this a long time to know that it, it don't come from thin air. So if you think right now is the right time to freak out, like today, at this very moment, now if we are in the same position today, three months from now, or five months from now, then okay, I'm I'm gonna be saying some stuff that probably gonna get me in trouble, but it's gonna be the truth. It's gonna come from the heart, and I'm not changing how I do radio. But we ain't there yet. Well, and and it's like, wouldn't you want Tennessee to be more cautious with how they spend their money? Yeah, we, that's what I, is, that's is, what is, I want. Isn't that a good thing? Yeah, to, to not just throw it at anybody and everybody like, like let's let's look at the headliners of Ole Miss's portal class Juice Wells exceptional talent was viewed as the the best returning receiver in the SEC going into this past season by yep. a lot of people yep. and again great receiver there's no debating that but he had some funky stuff going on with him the last month or so of the season where there's been reporters say publicly like he he was cleared to return from injury and elected not to. Even though he tweeted out that he was coming back to South Carolina next season when fans started pressuring him and then wondering why he was not playing because it, it got weird. Like there, there's some. I can't drop half a million for that. I can't drop half a million for that. No, because you can't trust him. You, you don't know what you're gonna. Yeah, he's an exceptional receiver talent, but you don't know if he's gonna be available each and every game. I can't drop half a million for that, man. So, so there's the receiver, and then if Tennessee turns around and lands the Tulane receiver, who is wanted by a lot of people, how how's that not a good thing or a smart way to invest nil money? To me, that seems like a great way to invest nil money. They're not getting a scrub from Tulane if they are able to land him. They're getting a very talented receiver from Tulane who should not be at Tulane. There, there, there's a difference there. And then look on the defensive side of the ball, Walter Nolan. Mm-mm. Him and this staff don't get along. Mm-mm. I know Based that price. I happened. know that price tag. Mm-mm. And that too. <laughs> the, the price tag on top of what transpired when Tennessee was recruiting him out of high school. Like that, that's not that's not going to jive well. We can go get three dudes. We can go get three or four dudes in position of yep. need for what that price tag um, allegedly is. I, I'm, I'm good on that. And then the, the princely guy from, from Florida, and I say princely guy because I don't know how to pronounce his last name, <laughs> the, the, the edge rusher, that, that Leo position, I believe, that he plays. Mm-hmm. Remember how Kentucky ran it down Florida's throat? Well, not even that, Ben. They ran it right at him. He like he's he's a nice, talented player who's gonna get drafted, but he he's not a guarantee. Tyler Barron. Tyler Barron is a very talented football player, and he has a chance to play at the next level for a long time if he can prove to be consistent. And I do think he was more consistent this past season, but Tyler threatened to leave for three straight off seasons for NIL purposes. You did not know what you were going to get from Tyler week in, week out. Rodney Garner was speaking publicly about how in the past Tyler was a me player, did not care what was going on with Tennessee. He only cared about himself. Rodney Garner spoke publicly about that. 
multiple times. Yep. Like Tyler is a good football player. That is a loss for Tennessee. He was Tennessee's best defensive lineman this season. And I'm excluding James Pierce and the edge rushers. To me, that's kind of a different position. Just traditional defensive line play. He was the most consistent. So like I'm not saying that he's not a a good player, but to to just spend freely on somebody that you don't really know for sure what you're going to get week in and week out like that that's that's risky that that's not a smart investment to Marion McDonald I think to Marion McDonald is a is a nice SEC football player yep but he's not I don't think he's a difference maker so I I think Tennessee is being very cautious I think they are being very logical with, with how they spend it. I think they're not just trying to give it to anybody and everybody because it's a it's a cash grab in, in the portal. And maybe at times they're, they're being a, a little too cautious. But I would rather them be too cautious than, than reckless, which I, I think some of these schools are being reckless because they have to be reckless at a place like Ole Miss. They have to be reckless at a place like Colorado and, and some other schools as well. You mentioned the the edge rusher from from Florida, and Ole Miss is paying for a need there from someone they didn't coach and develop. We have an edge rusher that we are paying to keep him for him to stay, who is going to be entering his third season under his current position coach. That's value. That's a lot of value. So, I think Ole Miss has done a good job in the portal. Have they done a better job than us? On the surface, yes. But we don't have the same needs. We don't have the same needs. We don't have the same collective. We don't have the same game plan. And guess when we'll know what game plans work and which ones didn't work? Guess when we'll know that? Saturday's next fall. Exactly. It ain't today. Ben, it ain't today. Mm-mm. It ain't after the bowl game. It ain't signing day. It ain't signing day in February. On Saturdays, when I'm standing there and I'm like, damn. Uh, yeah, we, this, 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 this was a loss in recruiting. Like, I remember Hypo's first season. Hypo's first season. And I'm watching the Tennessee-Georgia game on TV. And this was when Tennessee, at the time, scored more points on Georgia than anybody else that season, except for Alabama in the SEC Championship game. But I remember when Georgia took their running back and put him in motion to the outside, to the numbers. And it was man-to-man because our linebacker went with that player. And that player was James Cook. The player that was guarding him from our team was Solon Page. And I remember James Cook running a damn go route. And Stetson Bennett just dropped that ball over the shoulder. Had like two, three-yard separation. 
That ain't Southern Page's fault. He was beat at birth. James Cook, damn five star coming out of high, out of high school. Look what he's doing now. The same thing that he did to Solon Page, he did to the Dallas Cowboys in the week before against the Kansas City Chiefs. He ran a, a scene for a touchdown. So when I'm watching the games on Saturday, I know who won and lost the recruiting. I'm not freaking out about recruiting today. I, I can't do it. I don't see how you, I don't see how you do it. I don't see how some of y'all do it. Like, how do you put yourself on this emotional roller coaster <laughs> December the the 10th about the portal? Yeah, and, and I, I think we talked about this last week. I, I think I mentioned this last week, but in today's day and age of the portal, guys are coming and going all offseason long. And, I mean, t- Tennessee's picked up players practically up until a couple of weeks before fall camp. So, um, I mean, we'll have a, a much better idea towards the end of, of spring practice or, or towards the beginning of that, that mini term there at the end of May. But, I mean, it is end of May, June before you really have a a solid feel for what the roster is truly going to look like, not just at Tennessee, but but all across the SEC. And, and Vaughn Birmingham makes a great point, and, and it kind of goes with what uh, you're saying. Uh, Swain, like in terms of let, let's wait and see what happens on Saturdays. That that's kind of when you can freak out and 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 shake your head. Uh, Vaughn Birmingham says, "I'm glad they're being cautious, and I hope this doesn't happen. But if they go out and drop an egg this season, the noise will be very loud, and that's absolutely correct. And at that point, it, it will be fair for the noise to to be loud. And granted, we'll have the advantage of hindsight at at that point." But there's just no need to to freak out right now on December 19th. Uh, And especially when, like, they are bringing in good players and beating out elite schools, elite football programs for good players. That's why I just don't think it's fair to have some question marks here and there. No doubt about that. But just in terms of of freak out mode and, and, and maybe going over the top a little bit with it, there's just no need to do that. Not right now. Not right now. Not right now. But if we don't improve between now and the start of next season from a roster standpoint, then absolutely. Absolutely need to be freaked out. Absolutely you need to be rolling some heads. Absolutely. This is Tennessee. This guy's getting paid millions of dollars. Hundreds of thousands of dollars to do a job. But if you ain't doing your job, then you should be held accountable for that. But we ain't to that point. We are not to that point, folks. 865-255-03. Stay with us. What's up, Swain Event family? It's great to be on board. This is Taylor Hawkins with Modern Woodman Fraternal Financial, and I have one question for you. When was the last time you have slowed down and evaluated your financial situation? Just like the Vols, a great game plan leads to victory. Let us help you achieve your financial goals with a custom-made game plan. No matter what stage of life you're in, protecting your family and hard-earned money is important. So let one of our local and trusted financial professionals secure your future 
future by visiting one of our 10 branch offices across Tennessee or give us a call locally at 865 865- 312-5638. And remember, go Vols. Registered representative and investment advisor, representative offering securities and advisory services through NWA Financial Services, Inc., a wholly owned subsidiary of Modern Woodman of America, member of INCRA, SIPC. Here in Knoxville, we love it when a squirrel's in the checkerboards. But when there's a squirrel in our attic, that's all sides. When that happens, call Alpha Wildlife. They're Knoxville's veteran-owned and operated wildlife removal company. When unwanted critters put their feet up on your coffee table, call 865-224-6555. Let the Tennessee fans at Alpha Wildlife evict those unwanted tenants and set your home up with a winning defense to keep that wildlife where it belongs. That's Alpha Wildlife at 865-224-6555. They have locations in Nashville, Memphis, Chattanooga, and in parts of South Carolina. Check them out online at alphawildlife.com. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss stem cell treatment and PRP. If you have orthopedic injuries, you should give them a call. That's right, Jason. We specialize in regenerative non-surgical orthopedics. So we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints by using ultrasound-guided injections with stem cells or PRP. And this form of treatment actually stimulates the body's own reparative process and allows for healing of the damaged tissue. So, Doc, what makes your training different than others? Well, Jason, I've been practicing in Knoxville for 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. At Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own bone marrow stem cells or PRP. So in other words, it comes from you and it goes back to you. So you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, trsportsmedicine.com, East Tennessee's leader in PRP and stem cell therapy. When you are craving some quality barbecue, there's only one place to go, Dead End Barbecue. Dead End Barbecue has been featured on ESPN's Taste of the Town, the first barbecue restaurant on the SEC Network, CBS Sports, Headline News Tailgate Show, Amazon Prime's The Restaurant Comeback, Food Paradise, and named one of the top 100 barbecue restaurants in America. The search is over. Dead End Barbecue is located on 3621 Sutherland Avenue right here in Knoxville. You can even have it delivered right to your door through Chow Now. Visit their website at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. The conversation doesn't stop when the show is over. Follow the Swain event on Twitter and like this show on Facebook. Hey, Knoxville, we all know the importance of mental health. Most people don't have regular mental health care. They often wait. Let's change that. Isn't it time we all consider our mental health as important as our physical health? If you are ready, Mind Body Wellness in Knoxville can help you design a plan for your mental wellness. We are accessible, affordable, and available. You are worth it. Visit mindbodyknoxville.com to schedule a mental wellness assessment today. All right, welcome back. Swain event fuel by Dead End Barbecue. The more bowl games you see, the more players you will see in the portal. Just calm down, people. I'm talking about cold cash, thousands of dollars. Oh, okay, Chip. Nelson, that was James Cook. I know who it was, Nelson. Know who it was, Nelson? I, I, I got it. Don't you got some recruiting to be following? 
I'm messing with you, Nelson. I appreciate you. Know, you. Nelson, listening to the, the this show's been about recruiting for an hour and seven minutes, right? Uh, probably about an hour. You know, we had to we, I, you know, we had to talk about just a couple things before the recruiting talk, but yeah, r- roughly. I bet Nelson has been listening the hour with his pants off. <laughs> oh man, let's hope not. Um. That'd be kind of weird. First, the first Noel says Lane Kiffin is spending money like he won't be at Ole Miss in 2025. Yeah, he's that other coach that might get that Florida. T- <laughs> I mean, the, the the reason why he made the right decision, which is to to stay at Ole Miss, is because the college football playoff is expanding. If we had the college football playoff in the last three years, Ole Miss would have been in there the last two. I mean, two out of the last three. So, you lose two games, you got a pretty good chance to get to the college football playoff. So, that's going to be awesome for whoever gets in. Be one of the 12. But if you are losing in the first round over and over and over, especially if you're Tennessee, I mean, you're going to have fans that are going to be justifiably um, upset about that and want to get over that hump. You know, at some point, we can't keep going back and referring to, remember, remember, remember the Pruitt years? Okay. That was, that was, that was eight years ago. Okay, we, we, we passed that now. We don't have to keep accepting Reasons why we come up short, we don't have to make excuses anymore. That was six, seven, eight years ago. This, to me, and I know there's some that will disagree with this, but this, to me, is like the last year that that can be discussed. What's that? The the Pruitt stuff and oh yeah, man, recruiting from year four. We into year four. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we. Yeah, and one, it's like, uh, like the the Glenn Ellerby conversation right now. It's not as black and white of a conversation as people are making it. It's it's not. Do I believe that they did a great job? Uh, Glenn Ellerby and everybody involved with offensive line recruiting. Do I do I believe that they did a great job in hindsight of recruiting offensive linemen their first, what was it, two classes, three classes? No. A lot of those guys are transferring out. And, and I know everybody was, at least some people were surprised about Addison Nichols hitting the portal. Addison Nichols was the best of the bunch, and, and, and even he was, was questionable. And you have some other guys hanging around, like a Brian Grant. Maybe they develop into something at at some point. But I, I think it's fairly safe to say and okay to say at this point, like they they did not do a good job, even though they were dealing with some difficult circumstances. They they did not do a great job with their evaluations through the portal um, or uh, through the high school ranks. And I kind of hesitate to say that because from a developmental standpoint, like I think Glenn Ellerby does a a solid job at, at developing players. I mean, even some of the veterans that, that are coming back, like he's done a good job with those veterans throughout their 
their career and obviously something development didn't play out right with the guys that were brought in. But I, I kind of look at those as more of missed high school evaluations than a developmental issue. Like once they have gotten to campus, still his responsibility. What's that? I say he's still his responsibility. Yes. It's part of, it's part of his responsibility as a coach, part of the job. Eval. Yes, I'm not trying to recruit, give him a pass develop. for that. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm not at all giving him a pass for that. Um, but like that, that is absolutely correct. And, and like, again, Tennessee is, is going to go into a season where the depth is a huge question mark and probably going to be an issue. And, and if, if you get some guys banged up, like you did this past season, like offensive line play is going to be inconsistent and not good enough. Like that's a, that's going to be a fact this year. And that is not okay. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. But. On the other side of the Glenn Ellerby conversation, and this is why I don't think it's just simply black and white, like, oh, he's doing a terrible job. Josh Heupel needs to fire him, move on, get a different offensive line coach. I'm sorry, but I don't look at this offensive line class that is being brought in right now. I've said it a million times, so I won't go super in-depth on it. I don't see how you can look at the current offensive line class coming in and say Glenn Ellerby did not do a good job there. No, not with this class. Correct. So, like, yes, in the in the meantime, it's going to be frustrating this upcoming season, I would assume, with the lack of depth, because even even though this class will technically be on campus, they'll they'll still be freshmen. I don't have an expectation for them to be ready to to contribute from from day one. Maybe they they'll be able to. But like looking ahead to next season like these are talented enough guys to where they should be able to contribute as redshirt freshmen and sophomores so i i just don't again i don't think it's just black and white oh glenn lb is doing a terrible job i think he actually did and whoever else is involved in offensive line recruiting i think he did a good job this class now he's got to develop them once they get to campus oh man that's knees hurt all right i'm going to the phones eight six five two hundred fifty five oh three. now i agree with you man uh I agree with you. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey, guys, love the show as always. Uh, ben, Swain, I mean, uh, I want to give a shout-out to the basketball team. I, I tell you what, watching these last two games, Illinois and NC State, um, just just great to see them. You know, it seems like they're hitting their stride. You know, one of the uh, one of the knocks that you hear sometimes on on our coaching is that a staff, current, current coach staff, is that they tend to peak a little too early. Um, so maybe this year we'll peak at the right time. I don't even know if that's a, a valid knock, but I'm just saying that's it's, well, that's what you hear sometimes. Yeah. Um, hey, yeah, there's a lot. There, there's a lot of coaches sorry. like there's a lot of Hall of Fame coaches out there that you can say that about. I mean, I mean, it's hard to control when when you peak. Um, I mean, you have injuries. Yeah. You, you try to coach your guys up the best way you can and have them playing. Um, as well as they can, as soon as they can. You don't tell them, hey, don't don't play don't play too good right now. Let's let's wait till later. So exactly. Yeah, I mean, I just think that. yeah, I, I think people that criticize find new and weird ways to try to criticize Rick Barnes, and it's uh, yeah. it's a little weird. Um, it's it's getting annoying, and it really shows sports fan how uneducated they are because Rick is one of the best uh, of the best. So. Uh, absolutely yeah, it's hard. absolutely yeah i'm sorry Go know, ahead. And, and, well just the nc state game just wanted to say you know it's, it's cool to see um 
and it's not good to see good Dalton Connect get shut down or have an off night or whatever, but um, it was cool to see the rest of the team just step up and, and, and fill in the scoring. And, um, man, that's what you want to see. Um, so, I mean, yeah, Ziegler finally hitting his stride, you know, that's could be just, you know, just playing uh, at all phases of the game and and uh, the rest of the team as well. I mean, there's just a lot you could talk about there. But um, just getting back to Tennessee uh, football recruiting mm-hmm. for a minute, uh, last week's uh, show, last I believe it was last Tuesday, I only got to tune into the end of the show, and I, I missed a lot of what you'd, you'd gone in. I didn't realize at the time you'd gone into a lot of depth on the recruiting, and, and in particular, it was this. This had to do with all the Tennessee DBs entering the portal, like six of them, and um, people freaking out about that. But I think you, you guys did some really good, I think, analysis and explaining, and I, I felt a lot better kind of after listening to that, understanding the process, and, and kind of now as I watched it continued to unfold. It looks like it's kind of playing out along the lines of what you were talking about last week, as in, uh, especially with the DBs, you know, like Tamari McDonald, probably the most notable one, um, not throwing a lot of money at the older players who are good, but maybe not quite good enough when you can get players in at a good price, um, that still have a lot of, you know, eligibility and, and the upside potential to them, as opposed to going after, the flashy players and throwing a lot of money at them, not knowing sure what you're really going to get. So I, I, I think, you know, the, the staff is, you know, I, I have a lot of trust in this current staff in terms of their ability to evaluate talent. I mean, obviously, you know, Ben, you just talked about the offensive line and maybe there were some question marks there, but overall, I, I think the staff, I mean, you know, I trust what they're doing and, you know, obviously if it doesn't, pan out then that's a whole nother ball game but um anyway i just wanted to say oh you know by the way you mentioned texas a&m and uh the the collectives and obviously everyone thinks a&m has you know knows a&m has a lot of money but wasn't there a there was a player i seem to recall a week or so ago that from a&m that entered the portal and he said something to the effect of uh you know everyone talks about a&m having a lot of money but i didn't see it or something like that i i can't remember who it was but you know, I. Anyway, um, you talk about Walter Nolan. Yeah, I, I don't remember the name. Even if I heard it, I'm not sure I'd remember it. But it was, it was someone who left, who, who entered the portal, and just wasn't. I, I guess he he said something to the effect that he, you know, A and M maybe had a lot of money, but oh, that was Evan know, Stewart. I, yeah, that okay. was Evan Stewart, a receiver, that said that he he didn't get any he didn't get any money. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, the question about the collective and how that works: Do they can are they allowed to work with the coaching staff, or do they have to have an arm's length thing? Or uh, used how to, does that they work? used to have to have arm's length, and uh, but but now, I mean, they can they can talk. Okay, so the coaching staff works with the directly with the collective. They, says, yeah, hey, they this can, is, yeah, they can. This they player can. is worth this much, or we want to go after this player. We don't want to go, you know, or something to that effect. Yeah, yeah, yep. Okay. Interesting. All right, guys. Uh-huh. I always learn something. Enjoy the show, man. There it is. Thank you. All righty. Bye. Yep. Yep. So, there's some players that asked to get more money, was productive, multiple years, football character is where you want it to be. And Tennessee said, okay. Those others. Where football character was good, 
The number didn't match the production. Since he said, we can't do that. If you want to go to the portal and see if you can get that somewhere else, hey, man, that's cool. Players did that, went somewhere else. That's that's what happened. It's what's going to continue to happen here. It's going to happen other places. As simple as that. Yeah, the, the question, simply put, I think to, to put a bow on our topic today, our conversation, the, the question around Tennessee football is not, is it good right now? Because they are good right now. The question is, how can it get from good to great? Mm. That, that is the question and the, the overlying thought uh, of, of this conversation and, and of this show. How can they go from good? They're doing a good job right now, but at a place like Tennessee, good job is not good enough. Kentucky, this is not Kentucky football. This is not South Carolina football. This is not Missouri football. How can Tennessee take the next step to be great? Yeah, because because it can. There's resources to take the next step. And so, like, if we were at Missouri or South Carolina, then what's the point of getting all upset? Like, I don't know how people do what we're doing at South Carolina and in Missouri. Like, y- y'all really Just, think? Huh? They, they lost the Vanderbilt quarterback to LSU. And then there's another tweet from a, apparently a big radio show there in the state. Uh, about losing the the Vanderbilt receiver that you and I joked about when he entered the portal. Apparently, he's potentially going to Boston College because Boston College has supposedly offered a better NIL deal than South Carolina. Boston College, if that's true. Yeah, like I, I understand doing this type of show and doing radio at South Carolina, Missouri, and you know, Mississippi State and. Vanderbilt, whatever. That's that's fine, but like you, you sit here talking about going to the next step and winning double digit games and going to the playoff consistently. That's that's not what you're gonna do. You don't you don't have the resources to do that. Until that changes, then okay. You can crap in one hand and wish in another, but like Tennessee and LSU and Florida and Alabama and Auburn, like these are places that have the resources to build a national championship team. And so these are fair conversations to have amongst the fan base. These are fair conversations to have uh, here. And if you are a coach on the staff, why would you, you, you don't want the conversation to be any different. You want high expectations because you want people to show up to the game because they're passionate. You want people to um, participate in the collective because they're passionate. Like, you can't really have anything successful in life unless you are passionate about it. You can't be passive. You have to be passionate. You have to be active mentally and emotionally and physically. You have to be active. You have to engage. Now, I got one eyebrow raise looking at our recruiting right now, but I'm not over here freaking out. I got, because I don't want to seem like I'm looking down on people who have these emotions about recruiting 
and not saying I don't understand. Because I do understand. I, I understand because your level of disappointment is usually connected to your level of expectation, which is connected to your level of information that you have. And if you don't know, and you have these high expectations, and they're not being met December 19th, then you're probably going to be freaking out like crazy right now. But that's why you listen to a show like this. So now your information level hopefully has elevated so that way your expectation can be at the right place so you won't have high level of disappointment in December 19th, 20th, okay? That's that's why we have the conversation. One, I guess if you were at South Carolina, you wouldn't have to stress about the women's basketball program. No, they good. They ain't good. They good over there. What you mean they're not good? They're great. Yeah, they're great. I'll be honest, they probably ain't getting paid the, the amount of money they deserve. They're, they're the best program on campus. I, I, I'd be surprised if any player on that team getting paid with just Wells got last year. Oop. Juice, yeah, and Juice Well, Juice Wells played how many games? Not a lot. Chip Payne says, I don't think it's important to get a lineman out of the portal versus getting one out of high school. You need to develop more than just fill in gaps on the roster year to year by hitting the portal. I mean, our starting tackles right now from the portal. I think it's important to get linemen with multiple years. Yes. I think Chip's right. But Tennessee has had to go to the portal for those tackles because they haven't had anybody on the roster that they felt comfortable in. If if Cooper Mays did not exist, I guarantee you Tennessee would have gone to, to the portal for a center. Uh, maybe Ollie Lane would have been the guy, but I, I bet you Tennessee would have tried to, to get Lane, a center. Done. Well, I'm talking about in like the past couple of years. Like If Cooper Mays did oh. not exist... And they did not have a center for the past three years. Gotcha. I bet they would have tried to bring in somebody else. It's why they brought in Andre Carrick from from Texas after uh, Jerome Carver moved on. They didn't want to play Ollie Lane at left guard. They they wanted to bring in somebody else. And, and Andre Carrick was a, a bad evaluation and never should have been brought in. But I mean that that's why I, I think that they need to to Chip Payne's point like. You don't need a tackle because Mincy and Campbell decided to come back. Uh, another tackle would be nice for depth purposes, but you don't need a tackle. Uh, whereas I think you need a left guard right now because I I just don't know really who steps into that to that spot right now. I if you could not tell by my comments a moment ago, do not have a ton of faith in Andre Carrick being able to get the job done. Over there at at left guard, I, I think that's why if, if they would were able to pick up that farmer kid out of the Florida kid, that that would have been a, a huge pickup. And like to your points, when he's a kid with with multiple years left of eligibility as well, not a one year rental. Uh, so to, to Chip Payne's point, I, I think he's correct. You want to develop those offensive linemen uh, through the high school ranks, 
but unfortunately, Tennessee has not done a good job of their high school evaluations and then developing them once they get to campus. So they're put in the situation to where that they maybe have more holes to fill than they would like to. Yeah. Yeah. See, Mac. But hopefully, if, nope. if, if Tennessee hit the nail on the head with this current offensive line class the way that I think that they did, hopefully they won't have to do that going forward. That's the hope. C-Mac says, so you are saying fans are being too quick and emotional on the recruiting front because they see their former favorite coach, Kiffin, having early success within the portal. Uh, Yeah, yeah. And I think that's pretty normal. I think it's like seeing your neighbor get new whips, get new boats, get new things, and you're like, hold on now. Wait a minute. You a little bit jealous? I think that's natural. But the Speaking. Diff- but the difference is keeping your damn thoughts to yourself versus running around getting on the, the, the neighborhood Facebook page speculating on how your neighbor was able to do that. Like, that's the difference. Yes. We having concerns about, okay, what's going on here at this stage of recruiting? And that's fine. You have your concerns because you don't, you don't have all the information. You don't know who the coaches are targeting. There's things, there's information that's not on two, four, seven. That's not on, on three that the coaches want to keep close to the vest because they don't want to alert other schools to go out and recruit that one player. That's going on too. And honestly, like, there's times when, like, I don't want to know, and I'm sure they ain't really in a hurry to tell me stuff anyways. Like, they, you know, they, they feel like some things – doesn't need to leave the building. And I respect that. There's times when you gotta, you gotta keep stuff quiet. Tennessee doesn't get Robert Meacham if they don't keep stuff quiet. Sometimes you gotta keep stuff quiet. And I respect that process. I 100% do. And so we as insiders have to be careful with being judgmental towards fans that don't know. They're not supposed to know. But you try to educate them in a respectful way without looking down on them and pointing your finger. And like, that's not what we doing today. That's not what we're doing today. No, we're trying to give reasons, not excuses or not suggest that people are, are being ridiculous don't don't want to disrespect anybody's feelings what whatsoever or talk down to to anybody in that sense now there there are some people who get disrespectful with how they communicate their point and and to those people and if you are somebody who is disrespectful by how they communicate their thoughts when when they overreact and, and get emotional i hope you stub your toe today uh you, you know who you are there, there's no need to be disrespectful when it comes to having these conversations but uh, to reiterate what, what Swain said, not at all trying to, no. to talk down to anybody or, or come off as knowing more or whatsoever, just just trying to. No, we do know more. We do know more. Yes, but it just it, generally speaking. Yeah, yeah. Not, like there's people that think they know everything 
and everybody else is wrong. Not not trying to come off uh, in in that sense. Just trying to to help fill in in the gaps and uh, a- answer the questions that, that that are fair to have here and there. You mentioned new neighbors. Uh, speaking of new neighbors, yes. need to give a shout out to Emily and Jared, courtesy of Jennifer Morris, because Jennifer Morris can help you get hooked up with new neighbors, especially new neighbors in Knoxville, Tennessee, which I may regret saying this, but everybody needs to move to Knoxville because Knoxville is the greatest place on the planet. Uh, Now we are getting a little busy around here, getting a little tight roads, getting a little busy. So maybe not everybody move at once. Let let us figure something out with with the, with with the roads first and and then we can bring everybody in. But uh, if you want new neighbors uh, really anywhere and everywhere, Jennifer can help you, uh, start that process and, and give you some advice or, or whatever you need. And she's helping Emily and Jared move back to Knoxville soon. Uh, Emily is a Swain event listener, and uh, we are excited to have these Vols coming back to where they belong, and that's Knoxville and, and East Tennessee. So uh, shout-out to Emily and Jared, and shout-out to Jennifer Morris. Uh, she she does the Lord's work in the real estate market and is, is helping my family and can help yours as well. That's cool right there, man. I got I got the I got the realest text ever. LOL. This recruiting conversation is wash, rinse, repeat year after year. People have short memories. Yep. We do it every year. I feel like we've had it like five, ten times in the last couple of months. Yeah. Listen, man. I feel like we have it at least once a month. This conversation or something along these lines. Man, that's that. That's why, like, I I empathize with some of the people who are freaking out because I've had my eyebrows raised. Like, yo, what, what are we doing? <laughs> oh, huh? What? What? But. I have to stop myself and go. All right, man, it's, it's a sprint. There's, there's, there's a, there's a plan. There's a plan in place. Like, and I know that you can't put the toothpaste in the back in the tube. What if this staff goes and adds players in the portal in two months, and then those players go on? And they are excellent replacements, and Tennessee is flowing and going next year. We can't put back what we said. So I would rather wait. I would rather wait. And when we play Florida, that game will be won based on recruiting, in my opinion. That's how I'm looking at it. That's how I'm looking at it. And if we getting dudes butt kick, our guys getting our getting our butt kick, that's gonna reflect on the coaches and their and their recruiting efforts. And it's not gonna be good enough. And then Hypel's gonna have to make a decision about who stays, who needs to go, who needs to be replaced. Yep. That, I mean that's that's what's gonna come down to. We've seen this before. We know how this rolls. We know how this stuff works. So this ain't Central Florida where you can get us 
a bunch of guys that maybe transfer from a different from bigger school or some of the bigger schools said no to, but you can bring them to your squad and the competition is not all all that great. You may face one or two tough opponents and you're gonna have a good season. Nah, man. You gotta beat out the big schools here in the SEC. You don't get the big schools leftovers. You gotta beat out the big schools. And then when you get them, then you have to develop them. And then you have to maintain your locker room and your culture. And then you have to coach and have great X's and O's and great um, in-game adjustment plan. Like all of these things you have to have to, to win and be consistent, you know, in the, in this conference. Um, and if you don't do that, it's going to show itself, just like the report card. Uh, before we get out of here, real quick, can uh, can, can we mention DJ Burns, former Tennessee big man, former post player, who is now at NC State, saying uh, last say? week that we bully bullies too. Oh, and, no, bro. and then uh, Rick Barnes saying on post game radio after Tennessee beat NC State on on Saturday night in San Antonio. We knew they were going to really try to play through DJ Burns, but we also felt like if we could get the tempo we wanted, that maybe he might struggle to end the game. Oh, man, they called him. Rick Barnes called him fat. You know why I know that? Because I'm fat. Facts. Not too. Uh, you know, that, that's what Rick Barnes That's what Rick Barnes said, man. You fat, you not in shape, and we're going to make you huff and puff. That's what Rick Barnes said. See, I, I, Rick, Rick said, he must well I remember it. what your issue was in Knoxville. Rick should have said it. He should have just went on and said it. I mean, you Rick kept real with nice. when he said that, you know, he didn't go to UCLA because Tennessee paid more money. He should have kept it real with DJ Burns. Hey, man, he's fat. He out of shape. Well, I can, uh, I'm, I'm surprised DJ said, we bully bullies too. And we'll, we'll, he also went on to say, paraphrasing, we'll see who gets bullied more on Saturday night. He he, he said that uh, after NC State beat UT Martin last week in their final game before Tennessee. And uh, I can assure you that clip of DJ Burns speaking to the media about we bully bullies too, that was shown to Tennessee, shown to the players before they hit the court for warm-ups on Saturday now, night. Now, Burns was balling now. He 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 did play well. He, he was, uh, nah, he he, was doing he his did. thing. Now. He was doing his thing in the second half. He did. He did. But there are also times where you can tell he he was winded. He yeah. he thinks he's Zach Randolph, but even Zach Randolph was in good shape. Yeah, yeah, I I, I can see that man. I, I he's he's a he is a out of shape Zebo. Yeah, that's what he is. Yeah, if if he could get in shape. He yeah. would absolutely have a chance to play at the next level. Yeah, he's smooth, man. I like I like I like DJ uh, Burns' game. He's real smooth. Yeah, you can see why Rick wanted him and was so high on him when when he was redshirting here. Hold but on, he on. he never got in shape. I'm glad you brought up Zebo. I'm glad you reminded me. Boy, I'm so glad because I almost forgot. I know I know John Moran's back. He'll be back today, right? Yep, tonight, first game back. Okay, thanks for the details. Seems like you had a. Seems like you was counting down. Um, I was. Have you seen the Grizzlies are awful this year? Oh, 
Oh yeah, and part of that's, that's. I mean, I know where you're going with this, but whoop, I mean, whoop. You're, you're Grizzlies at home, December the fifteenth. You playing the Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. The guy that you threw all under the bus. Yep. Rightfully threw under the bus. I don't know. Nobody took more shots last year than Dylan Brooks and made less. Nobody took more shots in the NBA last year and made less than Dylan Brooks. That is a statistic. Listen, the reason why I feel like your Grizzlies threw Dylan Brooks under the bus because all y'all was talking. Talking about climbing up the chimney. Talking about you want that smoke. All Everybody was talking trash. Everybody. Bain, Morant, everybody talks. Okay? Yes. All right? But but Dylan Brooks, when he said, I'm not going to respect, the, respect uh, the GOAT or King James until he gives me 40, and then he, <laughs> then he did it, like they just made Dylan Brooks seem like he was the only one that was talking trash. And that's, that's not cool. why... He got kicked to the curb. I know that's not why he got kicked to the curb. That pushed it over the top. Okay. But he constantly played individual basketball. That's cool. That's cool. Within a team concept. That's cool. That's cool. That's all right. He played out of control. That's all right. He he, he, he thought he was somebody that he was not. Cool. All right. Cool. Hey, whatever he reason had you have. on Friday night. Whatever, whatever reason you have to get rid of him, cool. He comes back to town. Fortune. You, you you cut him. You dropped him. You threw him under the bus. What did you expect was going to happen when he came back? This uh, man played 40 minutes. Ben McKee, I, ben, ben, sit up when I'm talking to you. Sit up. Sit up no. in your chair. I want you to have a good posture. Are you done? I want you to look at me when I'm talking to you. I want to see your eyeballs. I want to see the white of your eyes. I want you to sit up. I'm looking at my computer, so I am looking at you. Sit up when I'm talking to you. Dylan Brooks came back to Memphis, played 40 minutes, and dropped 26 points, seven rebounds. What what the Grizzlies think was going to happen, Ben? Are you finished or are you done? Go ahead. Go ahead. Explain what what happened. What do you expect from the Grizzlies when... Desmond Bain was sick. Steven Adams is out for the year. Brandon Clark is out for the year. Luke Kennard is out with a left knee bone bruise. John Morant is suspended. Marcus Smart was is out with a left foot sprain. And Derrick Rose is hurt. What do you expect for the Grizzlies? Not congratulations for Dylan Brooks to drop 26. Well, congratulations to Dylan Brooks on, on dropping whatever he dropped. 26. You heard a me. A bunch of... Over over some wing players <laughs> that aren't NBA players. Congratulations, Dylan, on care. hitting the biggest shot of your life. Tell 20 me shots. He shot. Tell me the biggest shot of Dylan Brooks's life outside of Oregon. The biggest shot that Dylan Brooks ever hit in a Grizzlies uniform. I don't know. Tell me the biggest shot that Dylan Brooks ever hit inside of FedEx form. I don't know. It was the one on Friday night. That's the biggest shot that he's ever hit in FedEx form. It's the one on Friday night, and he wasn't in a Memphis jersey. The Grizzlies were right for moving on from Dylan Brooks. He was an awful teammate in terms of his playing style there in Memphis. They needed to move on. He he played. He, he did not play within himself. And now I think where you can actually legitimately question and criticize the Grizzlies is Dylan Brooks 
give him credit. I did not think he would do this. He has gone to the Rockets and he is playing within himself and he is doing exactly what Grizzlies fans wanted for the last several years, which was now I know he jacked up a lot of shots on, on Friday night in his get back game, his revenge 20, game against the Grizzlies. Shots. Yes, that's a lot, but he hasn't been taking that many. He's been playing his role to a T for the Rockets and, and helping that young core that they have come along and just playing. Not that he's only a role player, but he's playing within himself. He's not jacking up a ton of shots like he was doing with with the Grizzlies. And so I think it's a little weird that Ime Odoka has been able to get Dylan Brooks to play within himself and play within, within a team concept when Taylor Jenkins and the Grizzlies were not able to do that the last couple of years. I think that is a, a fair question to ask. Now, my thought would be that, okay, well, when Dylan Brooks first got to the Grizzlies, that's when Mike Conley and Mark Gasol were on the way out the door, and Dylan Brooks was, for a season or so, the best offensive choice that the Grizzlies had, and I think that gave him a false mindset of of him thinking he's an offensive player that he's not, and, and that continued throughout his Memphis career, and I also think the way that Dylan get, did get publicly embarrassed. I think that kind of reset him over the offseason and, and, and got him back to being who he actually is. So I, I think the Grizzlies absolutely made the right decision. I've never disliked the there, there's few players that I've disliked more for my favorite team than Dylan Brooks. He constantly hurt the Grizzlies. Good for him for 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 recreating himself in Houston, but the Grizzlies absolutely made the right decision because he constantly hurt them by his play or by his actions. All right, let me come clean for why I'm really bothered by Dylan Brooks' performance. Probably because you lost money. I had a parlay that was set up so perfect. So perfect. All the Grizzlies had to do was just win. And they had to lead, man. You (laughs) you had to lead by like 10 points at halftime. They choked, I know. That's, That's why I'm really bothered. I did. Uh, thankfully, I did not watch the game uh, since uh, I was in San Antonio. My wife and I actually went over and oh. watched the Lakers and Spurs plays. Lakers and Spurs play uh, at, at the same time. We got to watch uh, LeBron and, and Wimby. That was cool to see in person, although the, the Spurs basically beat the Lakers down. It's, it's still cool to see uh, LeBron, one of the greatest athletes of all time, play in person. And it's pretty funny to see Wimby at seven foot four in person. That That is one lanky dude right there. I'm not even jealous about that. I don't even care about you seeing LeBron. Well, I know. I'm just saying. I'm just that you want to have some Texas brisket. Buddy. All right, man. That's enough. All right. That is our time for today. But before we go, uh, right now, special deals going on at Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Hiller's donating $50 in toys to Toys for Tots with every purchase of a tankless water heater. Also, giving away $250 Visa gift card with each unit. You can get a $500 Visa gift card when you buy select new HVAC systems or any whole home generator. Uh, these purchases also come with great financing options with low monthly payments. These deals are only available until the end of the year, so make sure that if you're looking for an HVAC unit, tank this water heater, it's time to make those uh, buys in your life, then you do it right now with Hiller. Go to the website, happyhiller.com. 
You know what, Ben? Doing the show with you, man. I feel a little bit better. I'm good. I'm I'm glad. I feel a little bit better. I need some more I'm tussing. Glad. Now, uh, some more I, well, I had that uh, that effect on people. Uh, you just you just tell John Morant that he need to be on his grizzly. Like J. Cole said, next time I put Grizzlies part of parlay, they better come through. Well, they better come maybe through. next time. Next time you should you should check the the injury report before you. I didn't need to check the injury you, report. I saw Dylan Brooks returning to Memphis. I thought we would see a little bit more grit and grind, but we did. Well, maybe maybe you should put it on Dylan Brooks, knowing that Dylan Brooks is going back to Memphis. As Brian Huntsucker says, sorry us Grizz fans got tired of all the bad volume shots and the nut shots to the opponents. There you go, Brian Huntsucker. <laughs> Hit the nail on the head. And now I got to get out of here because I got to go record a commitment podcast with Ryan Callahan. Oh! Nelson's pants are off. His shirt's off. He's butt naked running around the neighborhood. He's butt naked. He's butt naked. Ben, Jackson, let the cat Tennessee. out the bag. Eyeball emojis. Eyeball emojis. Who committed, Ben? No, I'm just joking. We'll find Multiple out. People. We'll find out when we find out, right? Correct. We'll find out when we find out. 865-255-03 is our number here to the Swain event. Appreciate the time today, Ben McKee. Go record your commitment video, and uh, we'll be talking about it here in a couple of days or in a couple of hours. For Ben McKee, Go Falls 247, I'm Jason Sway. Live here at Low T Center Studio. Peace and love. We are out. <laughs>